Welcome back. My name's Loman. I'm about to tell you another story. Part 6 of Cerulean's New Pet. If you're curious about what happened in the other parts, go on back. Start with part 1. I'll give you a quick little rundown though. No problem there. So Cerulean was a little girl. She long, long wanted to have a pet. Finally, her dad took her to McSorley's to pick out a pet, and she chose a mysterious egg. The egg hatched into a magical animal known as an Andromedo. It had a body of a dog, big long wings, and a long winding tail. Also had the power to make people forget it ever saw an Andromedo. But there was a mysterious man named Detective Calamity out to get her new pet that she named Scruff on account he always said Scruff Scruff well Detective Calamity found her in the park left her a business card with a mysterious message on it pay attention now I'm the only one who knows these and if you're liking the pod you know what to do rate and review share it with a friend alright Come and see your story with me. Come and see your story with me. Wherever you are, that's a fine place to be. To come and listen with me. Well, Cerulean took out that card and the mysterious message about how she could only see something when the flame burned or something like that. And she tried to figure out what it could mean, and she, she went on her computer and she googled the phrase, but nothing came up. It was a total blank. She had no idea what such a message could mean. And she kind of paced the house and paced the house and got her thinking cap on. When finally she figured, why not, I'll just take a picture of it with my phone and then I'm going to try to burn this card. Maybe it meant literally you had to burn it. So that's what she did. She took some matches, she put the card on a plate, and she burned it up. That card fluttered and flapped, spun and sputtered. And when it was done, in the place of a card was a golden key. Now Cerulean had no idea how this trick was achieved, but there was a golden key. She picked it up and it was cool to the touch. And she saw on the side of that golden key there was an address. And the address was an address that she knew why. The address was the same address that McSorley's fine pets was at. This was quite a mystery. The next day she walked all the way over there to McSorley's with that golden key. She saw that the store was closed for the day. And on the door was a sign with a black marker scrawled across it. Closed for the day, it said. Try again later. So, that was kind of strange because McSorley's was supposed to be open every day of the week, every week of the year. Hmm, this was getting more and more mysterious by the moment. Plus, here was a key that she had gotten from Detective Calamity. Surely, this was some kind of trap. But still, Cerulean was a little too nervous and 
curious to, to let it go. And besides, she had left Scruff safe and sound at home for this trip. Cerulean didn't want the risk of running into Detective Calamity and having him take Scruff. So she figured she was safe enough, and she tried the key at the front door, and, and uh, it didn't work. It was much too big. Still, the address on the key had said this address. She walked around the side of the building, back through an alley where it grew dark and dim. She kept going through the back of the alley around the back door. And she put the key there in the back door and it still didn't work. She wasn't sure what to do. She was a little bit frustrated and scared too. Where was McSorley and why had Detective Calamity given her this strange, strange key? She had to have some time to think. So Cerulean went over to the back of the alleyway and, and sat down on the ground in the shadows, out of the sun's heat in a cool place where she could gather her thoughts. And as she sat there, she, she must have been more tired than she had known. Maybe it was all the worrying she had done late into the night in her bed, wondering what the mysterious card would, would unveil to her. But soon enough, Cerulean snoozed off into a, into a light slumber. And as she slept, she dreamed of wonderful things. She dreamed that she and Scruff were out in the forest, and when she got to an unpassable canyon, she was able to hold on to Scruff's hind legs, and he flew her across the gap. Then she woke up, and she soon realized why she had woke up. There was somebody else in the alleyway. Somebody else was trying to get in the back door of McSorley's. Well, Cerulean was hidden in the shadows, and so this person, whoever it was, did not know that she was there. So she decided to stay stock still and just watch and learn what could this possibly be what kind of development was happening in front of her eyes as she watched she saw that it was actually another kid about her age it looked to be a boy and and he had a key just like hers he was trying it in the back door of mcsorley's and of course it wasn't working hey said cerulean and the boy almost jumped out of his shoes he was so startled to find that he was not alone in that alleyway Whoa, 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 who are you? said the boy. My name's Cerulean, said Cerulean, and I have a key just like yours. Let me guess, let me guess. You got a mysterious egg a long time ago, and now you have a pet, a magical pet. Yeah, said the boy, I do. His name is Sparkles. He's a wonderful pet. Oh, said Cerulean, my pet's name's Scruff. I hope you didn't bring Sparkles with you. No, said the boy, no, no, no. Uh, there's this really a weird detective named, let me guess, let me guess, said Cerulean. This, this detective's named D Detective Calamity. That's right, said the boy. Oh my gosh, what's your name, said Cerulean. My name's Tin, said the boy. Oh my gosh, said Cerulean. So what, why would Detective Calamity give us these keys? I, I don't know, said Tin. And it doesn't even seem like they're worth anything because he can't even get in it. Wait a second, said Cerulean. Of course we can't get in it. These keys aren't for Mr. McSorley's shop. Why would why would Detective Calamity have keys to Mr. McSorley's shop? I mean, Calamity and McSorley, they're against each other. That, yeah, that's right, said Tin. You're right. Well, then, there must be a key for something else. Like, what about, like, a secret door? Yeah, said Tin. What about a secret door? 
So the two kids, quickly aligned in their mission, began scouring top to bottom all the walls this way and that of the alleyway. They looked behind dumpsters, they kicked away cardboard boxes. They went this way and that, calling out if they found anything that was suspicious or, or held possibility until they were almost about to give up when Tin kicked aside a crate and there he found a small little hole in the wall that was almost the exact shape of a keyhole. Hey, hey, Cerulean, come over here, said Tin. So Cerulean went over there and she tried her key. Lo and behold, it worked. She turned her key and an outline of a door appeared in the wall. She turned it all the farther and the door kind of popped out. She opened it up. Inside there was a room full of gold and light. Cerulean looked over at Tin. Should we go in, she said. Well, I suppose we should, said Tin. I don't know. I mean, Detective Calamity, he might be, might be setting up a trap for us. Well, okay, said Cerulean. How about this? You stay out here, and if Detective Calamity comes over here, or anybody else, you just call, hold the door open, I'll come running back out, okay? They won't be able to trap us that way. Okay, said Tin. Okay. So, Cerulean went into the golden lit room. And it was a strange room with smooth walls, but on the far side of the wall, there was a big window. She went to the window, and she saw something that sort of took her breath away. Through the window was an enormous enclosure, just like she might see at the zoo, only bigger and better. There were rolling grass fields and, and big trees and, and, and streams slipping through the grass. And, and, and all around this scene, there were strange animals bip-bopping around. There were animals just like Scruff and Dromedos flapping around in groups of their own kind. There were big hoppers hopping around with, that looked almost like kangaroos, only they were blue and had feet the size of skis and long green tongues. There were birds with wings bigger than school buses that floated in the sky and, and, and had wide open mouths that they used to to scoop up schools of, of flies and insects. But Cerulean could see that the enclosure did have walls at the far end here and there. It might have been huge, but it was still limited and all these creatures were living in captivity. Cerulean noticed something moving in the bushes and up stood a woman in a green uniform with scowly eyes and knit brows. She held a big old pitchfork in her hand and she locked eyes with Cerulean and shouted something that Cerulean couldn't hear through the glass and then started running towards, towards Cerulean in the, in, the, in the golden room. Cerulean quickly dashed out of the golden room, grabbed Tin by the hand, and they ran and they ran until they were at Richmond School's park in a big grass field and they sat down with their backs against the school and they talked about what Cerulean had seen that that person inside the enclosure all dressed in green, she didn't seem friendly at all. I mean, the first time she locked eyes with Cerulean, she had her pitchfork out. What was that place with all those magical creatures? And why had Detective Calamity decided to show it to him? Well, things always go a little easier when you got a buddy to do it with. So I'm sure glad that 
That's a rule you found hers in ten. Maybe they'll be able to figure out this mystery together. I mean, things are getting a little, a little upside down. What was Detective Calamity doing showing them that enclosure? What did he want them to understand or see? And where was McSorley? My goodness. All right. Well, we'll have to figure that out next time, won't we? Come back again next week. We'll do it over. If you have any question, comment, kudo, or concern, you know what to do. Send it as a voice memo to bearislandpod at gmail.com. All right. Until next time. Come back next week and we'll do it again. Love just a story and it has no end. And I'll never die telling it to you. There's not a day that won't be true.